0: Hello Life Changes Church, welcome to our YouTube channel. We have got an amazing word prepared for you, so why don't you take out your notebook and your pen as we get ready to listen to what God has for us. Um, good morning. Hello. So, as Gabe's already said, my name is Jared. Some of you know me, some of you don't. I've only been behind the, the coffee machine serving you heavenly cups of caffeine, much-needed caffeine on a Sunday morning. And... <laughs> and um, Sometimes I get the privilege of sharing the Word of God with this community that I've come to love so much. So many individuals in this community have changed our lives, Keish and I, um, over the course of our our time at Life Changes, Get involved, please. It's just a side punt. It'll change your life, I promise you. Christ is working here. Um, Excited to share what I've got with you. God's put such conviction in my heart about it. He's put such faith in my heart about it, and I hope it's an encouragement, I pray it's an encouragement for you and for me, because I needed to hear this message just as much as anybody else. I've just come off the back of um, some leave, and so I'm, I'm all over the place, and so can I ask you and me to just be here this morning, in this place, in this church, in Century City, in Cape Town. In South Africa, in our country. And I know what I'm asking is hard right now. At the moment, things might feel a little bit hopeless here right now. But as we're about to see, it's into hopeless times that God sends his message of hope. So please come be here with Jesus this morning. He wants to meet with you. I'm going to pray for us now if you just bow your heads with me. Father God, Lord over all, awaken us, awaken our hearts. To your word, because your word speaks hope. Your word speaks hope now for today. Your words word speaks hope for tomorrow, for our earthly futures, and for our eternal futures. Father God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit gives us the peace and the calm that our minds and our hearts need to hear what you want to speak to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Like I said, I've just come off the back of an amazing week of leave. We've had some family here from Ireland, all to celebrate my father-in-law's 60th birthday. That's right. Gary now gets to enjoy that thing of beauty, the Spurs Seniors discount menu. (laughs) It's two courses, (laughs) mains and dessert, with drinks, all for under 150 Rand. People say getting old is depressing. It sounds delicious. Delicious. Anyway, so the family have come back here, back home for some of them, and we've been getting into those conversations. We've been hearing about life without load shedding, and uh, a strong currency, and all of those nice things. And in those conversations, I've been hearing that voice, that voice that we all, all South Africans know pretty well at the moment. It speaks incredibly loudly during carte blanche, or in the rumble of generators as stage six hits. And it's a voice that whispers into our hearts, go. Now, it seems like a lot of people are hearing that voice at the moment because you drive past embassies and it looks like Apple is dropping a new iPhone. People are queuing. They've got their Seattle coffee in one hand and they've got their green mamba, their humble South African passport in the other hand. But that voice, it's saying go, it's saying move, it's saying leave. Not just the country, but difficult situations that we find ourselves in. It's saying, go, leave that job, leave that boss, leave the country, leave that marriage. It's broken. There's nothing here for you. Go. When we get to situations, when we reach those points where we want to say, I've got to get out of here, Scott's, gonna, <laughs> Scott's just quickly running a marathon before he comes to church, overachiever. But he's a commercial executive and You can trust an executive to have a handy acronym when you need one. He calls them ABH moments. Anywhere but here moments. When we reach these moments, we run the risk of losing sight of what God's word says. So this morning I'm not gonna be preaching a message that tells you whether you should stay or go. That's not my decision to make. That's not my, I'm not passing any judgment on that decision. It's your conversation to have with God. Please pray about it. But what I will be saying, or what I will be looking into, is what God has to say about how He wants us to live where we are. So the title of my message this morning is, Sent to Serve. And I want to look at that by asking two questions. Question number one is, how did we get here? Not the super existential version. Not yet. How did I get here this morning? I drove, obviously. How did I get here to Cape Town? Well, I drove from Joburg when Keisha and I decided to move up, yeah, when we decided to move up to, uh, down to Cape Town for work. I could say I chose. We like that one. I chose. Choice. That's like, I, I made this decision. I decided I chose to pursue a job offer. I chose to come and work in Cape Town. Or I can look at God's word and find out that the truth is he sent me. And that's true for all of us this morning. I want to remind us that Acts 17, 26, Paul says, God made from every uh, from one man every nation of mankind on all the face of the earth. Having determined their appointed times, your lifetime, how much time you get, and the boundaries of your habitations. Your habitat, where you live. We've got a bit to get through, so I'm going to get to the point here quickly. You've got to know this morning, we've got to believe that God's put us in the locations we're in. Okay, so we find in John 17, Jesus is praying to his Father, Father, as you've sent me into the world, so I send them. That's Jesus speaking missionary language, yes? For missionaries, yes. Missionaries like you and me. Here's how Charles Spurgeon said it. Every Christian gathered here it's as true for today as it was then, every Christian gathered here is either a missionary or an imposter. I think I think Spurgeon rhymes with Surgeon because the man cuts deep. But here's a friendly reminder. What's it say on the walls of our church, your church, my church? Reach far, raise up, release wide. That's missionary speak. <laughs> and don't get it twisted. That's not something that church staff say to each other. That's what we say by being here, by sitting there, by being chosen by God. Because when Jesus calls us, he sends us. So the Bible says we're sent. Sent to where? Into heaven. No. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Not yet. We read that prayer. Jesus says, As you send me into the world, so I send them into the world. And the world is no dream destination right now. The world is messy. The world is uncomfortable. The world, if we're honest, is a little ugly, isn't it? Okay, but what about about one of those other destinations? Can I book a Psalm 23 destination like David got? That was nice. That was awesome that had, that's in the Bible, green pastures, calm waters. That sounds like an all-inclusive trip to Mauritius. I want one of those. Can I get one of those? No, again, not yet. If we read God's word without his mission in our mind, we miss the point. Because yes, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me into green pastures. And he is trusting God completely for his provision in Psalm 23. But A lot of really smart commentators agree that he wrote Psalm 23 when he was moving through the dust of a desert, running for his life from his own son. And the point that he's trying to make is, even there, God gives him rest. Where are you? What desert are you in? Seek the Lord, He'll give you rest. The point he's making is that, as if... This is the language of the Psalms. It's poetry, as if he's next to green pastures, calm waters. That's the kind of rest you can expect. And we mustn't miss this. David calls the Lord his shepherd, who guides and provides for him. Why? So that he can shepherd. That's what we're called to. You see, if we're thinking we're ready, or we're thinking we're not, or we'd rather be somewhere else, we're missing the point because right now God's chosen to send you into this place. Here, right now, wherever you are right now. Into your marriage, into your family, into your job, into your country. And if we think we'd rather be somewhere else or we're not qualified, we're in great company. Look at the icons in the Bible. Look at who else the all-knowing God in His wisdom We have to accept that in his wisdom sent, he sent a man who had no compassion for anyone, Jonah, to show that he, God, had compassion. He he sent a man who didn't think he could face up to Pharaoh, Moses, to show that he, God, could more than show up to Pharaoh. And he sent a man who was too small to fight a giant who was too big to show that he God was bigger than that giant, bigger than it all. Because God, as we sang earlier, God sends his unqualified to show that his power is unequaled. Okay, so question one, how did we get here? We were sent. Where are we sent into the world? Now, question two, so how do we live here? In Jeremiah 29, God shows us three ways that we can live where he sent us. Number one, be resident. Number two, be alien. Number three, be servant. I'll get into those in a moment, but first, can we just quickly look at the context of Jeremiah? We see, where are we in, God's, in, in Israel's story? They've sinned against their God. And now God says that He's going to send, He's going to pass judgment on them. He tells them this by sending them a man, by sending them a prophet, Jeremiah, And he tells them that he's going to allow Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, to overthrow Jerusalem, to capture the Israelites and to carry them into exile. If the spokesperson of ESCOM thinks he has tough news to deliver, spare a thought for Jeremiah. But this is the prophecy that Jeremiah got from God for Israel. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. Stop for a moment and see it. We can read this too quickly, and then we see Nebuchadnezzar carried them into Babylon. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God did it. He sent them. Okay, so now once they're there, what does he tell them to do? Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and gives you, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, don't decrease. Also seek peace. That, that word is the same word as God's peace, shalom. Seek peace and prosperity for the place that I've sent you to because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what the Lord God Almighty says. The God of Israel, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Don't listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. We get into these conversations. We share that that tiny little bit of gossip. I have a friend who has a friend who knows a guy who works at ESCOM. And if you think stage 6 is bad, stage 14 is coming. We have these conversations. This is what the Lord says. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them declares the Lord this this terrible news is the context the real context for one of the most over, misquoted verses in the Bible a victim of captioned Christianity it's stolen it's slapped on a cup or a cap or a t-shirt and then we walk around with it but this is the context for what God says for I know I have the plans for you plans not to harm you plans to prosper you to give you hope and a future Then you'll call on me and come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. His promise, you will seek me and find me, and you will seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. Please let that sink in for a moment. If we seek him with all of our hearts, we will be found by him. And then his promise, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and the places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from the place from which I've carried you into exile. Okay, let's look at it. Be resident, be alien, be servant. Number one, be resident. So God carries his people into Babylon, and what's he tell them to do there? Hunker down, stay away from them, stockpile baked beans, build a safe room. Pile two-ply toilet paper, nice and high. No. No, he says build, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Have faith in me. Marry and have sons and daughters. Increase in number, don't decrease. This is victory language spoken to people in exile. Also, seek the peace, shalom, that word, and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. When last did we pray for our city? When last did we pray for our country? Not just judge it, not just hate it. Earlier I mentioned that we're not part of this world. That's because Philippians calls us citizens of heaven. Come on. That is amazing. In not too long from now, we will be in a place way better than Mauritius with our Savior for eternity. But till then, we're called to be expats here. The New Testament uses a word that's so much better than expats. Here's the Greek geeking for the week. parapedimos. A fuller definition of this is a stranger, a sojourner. You know it's going to be good when there's a word like sojourner. not simply passing through but a foreigner who has settled down however briefly to bring you among the to be among the people or next to them in that place those who follow jesus are referred to this parapedimos all over the new testament it's literally the message of hebrews the whole thing it's in philippians it's in acts it's in first and second peter I'm from Jo'burg, but I'm living in Cape Town. And while I'm here, I'm called to live here, to work well here, to build family and community here, to be a resident here, to be salt and light here, not to have one foot in and one foot out here. The population of this place, Cape Town, increased by 100,000 last year. 100,000 people. We are the top-functioning metropolitan area in the country. People are flooding here. Over Last year, over one million tourists visited here, and that's not even the pre-pandemic level. Who is pointing these people towards Jesus? Are we here for that? Or are we also passing through? Am I just here to snap a yoga pose on lion's head and then move on? Am I soaking up the resources? Am I passing through? Am I semigrating here? Is not what I'm called to do. Are we residing here to reach these people for Jesus? Today, can we realize that we are strangers and exiles for Christ? We are people who are actually the residents of Christ's eternal kingdom, but for now we're sojourners here. Okay, so number one, be resident. Number two, be alien. If the word alien triggers you and you think of facehuggers or E.T. phone home, say foreigners. This is the tension of our walk with Jesus. Because we're saved from brokenness into wholeness. But then we are sent into brokenness with wholeness. And that's a fine line. One of the places we find that word, parapodemos, is in 1 Peter 2.11. And this is what Peter writes to them. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. That's what it's, what's at stake. Live such good lives among the pagans that they accuse, that even though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and bring glory to God on the day he visits. They don't even believe in him, but, they'll bring glory, but your acts will bring glory to him. What's this look like practically? It's a christian idea of marriage in a context that says open marriage maybe it's working hard in christ's pattern not in hustle culture for his glory not for my promotion my increase We know that we're from somewhere else, and the world should recognize that too by the way we act. We can't stay out of the muck, but as we get into the muck, to try and help relieve the muck, we can't get stuck in it. And that's how we show them where we're from. This is why we strive to imitate Christ. This is the balancing act. Okay, so number one, we're called to be resident. Number two, we're called to be alien. Number three, we're called to be servant. This is the hard one. We know, we're sent, we know we are sent by God. We know we are citizens of His kingdom. And we know that we're called to be ambassadors of His kingdom in this place. But why? Why not go? Why not listen to the voice? Why not leave? Why not go from the place or the situation that doesn't have what you need or what you want? Choose the greener grass. Why not? Because here's the thing. On Wednesday last week, Load-shedding hit and I was in the shower and then the water got cut off It's a story for another sermon, but pay your municipal bills. (laughs) I Had just shaved my head I put like look at this when you there are thousands of tiny little prickly hairs in the shampoo all over me and I'm cold and We're supposed to be getting ready for my father-in-law's birthday function a classy function and then, poof, as I'm standing there, the water is gone. And in that moment, as I'm standing there and I'm cold and I'm feeling sorry for myself and I'm itchy and the shampoo is stinging my eyes, I started to get angry with this country. I did. I confess. And in that moment, I heard the voice. The voice said, come on, go. You've got job offers overseas. Go. Go. Be safe. Go be comfortable. Do you hear the me, me, me and the take, take, take in that? I did. I'm not proud of it (laughs) at all. But I heard it and in that moment I had two options. I could either pray for this place or I could hate it. You can't do both. Try it. It's impossible. If we think we are sent for ourselves, like for that all-inclusive trip to Mauritius, we're missing the point we're sent to serve I'm not saying that we serve to get saved I'm saying because we're saved we serve in that moment in the shower just before I started praying and I was feeling all sorry for myself and the voice was saying go be safe be comfortable do you know what I thought of Jesus hearing that on the cross because he did go. Be safe. Be comfortable. I didn't have the power to transport myself out of the shower in that moment. I didn't have the power to just turn the water back on, but if I could have, if I'm honest, I would have in a moment for me. But Jesus could have. He did have the power, and He didn't move. He stayed on the cross for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world. And we read that voice. We heard it. It's in Scripture. The voice is captured in Scripture. We read it last week. If you really are the Son of God, get yourself down off that cross. And He didn't. And then by His actions, we saw that He did die and He left for us to go and prepare a place for us, which proves He was resident here. But by His actions here, He showed them He was from somewhere else that's our pattern. When we see the Jesus pattern in Jeremiah, we've got to realize that we're not looking at just God saying to the Babylonians, uh, saying to the Israelites in Babylon, I'm going to save you from your suffering. We've got to see that He's declaring to eternity the pattern He's going to use to save all of those suffering, all of those who call on His name, from their suffering. Because God chose through Jesus Christ to exile himself from the kingdom of heaven and to come into this dirty, dusty place, this uncomfortable place, this imperfect place to save and to serve. About a month ago, there was a chance that I... I could go overseas Uh, like there was some work that I had to go into overseas maybe and so the company needed my passport number so I went rummaging around and I found the good old green number only to discover it's expired again stay up to date with the admin (laughs) read the envelopes arriving but I threw it on my desk and in the mess and the tidying my passport landed up on top of my bible And so last week with this message in my heart, I looked at those two things and I realized something. Both of them are telling me a version of where I'm from, RSA, the kingdom of heaven. Both are are telling me a destination. It's not so great for the humble little green mamba, but it's the kingdom of heaven according to the word of God. The question this morning that we have to ask ourselves is, which are we putting our trust in? Yeah. When the voice says, go, we have to ask whose voice it is. That's the practical step for this. Oh, is it our voice? Is it the voice of my fear, my anxiety, my, just my greed? Is it the voice of my unbelief? Am I fully trusting God or am I partially trusting God? Is it maybe the voice of the enemy? We've got to pray for discernment in these things. Or is it the voice of Jesus? He's been speaking His promise that He spoke to us from the garden all along, to all the exiles from the garden. He wants to meet us in our situation to give us rest in it, like David. Psalm 23, green pastures, calm waters, in the desert. We can't have trust in ourselves alone. We have to have ultimate confidence in Him because we can have it. This is the pattern of how we should actually live in the places that God's put us in. Even when they're imperfect and challenging because this pattern was revealed by our parapodemos, our sojourning Savior. Christ came to be resident even though He was from somewhere else. They saw that he was foreign, and through it all, his works saved us. He was sent for that. I'm going to close in prayer in a second, but if I could just ask you to think about how that practically plays out in your life at the moment. Where are you? What situation are you in? Know that you've been sent there. Know that he doesn't leave you there. He makes promises to you there to help your suffering there. This is the pattern that he shows us. Father God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the promise that we all have this morning. I want to thank you for being resident of earth to be resident and ruler of our lives. I want to thank you for showing us that we're sent as ambassadors on your behalf to point people in your direction. Lord God, I want to thank you for being our shepherd, for guiding and providing for us so that we can shepherd. Holy Spirit, I pray that you meet us in our every step along the way. Show the worlds around us the kingdom that we come from. Point the way. Lord Jesus, meet every person in every desert and give them your peace and rest. While we're praying, I just want to ask you, raise your hand to him if you want to welcome him into your desert this morning. Pray to him as David did in your suffering. Don't move until you've consulted him. Father God, we come to you now with our decisions and we pray. We pray that you would guide us through them. Only let us move when it's your voice, Lord, not ours, not the enemy's, Jesus' voice. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. What an amazing, amazing word. If you would like to find out about what's happening in the life of the church, why don't you follow us on our social media, Instagram or Facebook, or you can go into our website, lifechanges.org.se. Thank you so much for watching that video. Be blessed.